The following podcast may be explicit. One Joe Young presents Adventures from the Shed, a tabletop RPG podcast. You can find us online at adventuresfromtheshed.com. Brenton has made an impression at Perkay's Boutique Stationery Store, and the group walks away with another piece of the puzzle. Where will the investigation lead them next as they try to sort out who is involved in the thefts? Enjoy the podcast. Hi, and welcome to The Shed for Adventures from The Shed. You can find us online at adventuresfromtheshed.com. Search us up on Facebook where you can ask us questions. We can give you answers. You can just tell us how great we are. We like to hear that, too. Um, We're going to go around the table here and say hi. We'll start with... This is Chris. I'm playing Uriel the Immolator. This is Kelly playing Trillium the Druid. And this is Kurt. I'm playing Breton. He is a human ranger. And this is Bridget, playing the human cleric, Lenore. And I am Joe. I am the Game Master as we continue this Dungeon World campaign set in our world of Paradisi. We are calling this campaign A New Frontier. And to give us a new recap on our new frontier will be Kurt to give us a quick recap of what we did last time. Sure. So our last episode began with the party having a large breakfast together at the Spastic Piglet. Uh, where the waitress mentioned to us that uh, the thefts, that thefts similar to what we had uh, experienced in Valshan had been happening in kind of all the neighboring towns within like a two-day circle around Herak, um, which we may have known before, but was kind of confirming that to us. Uh, on the road, well, the party set out to Herak, and on the road we learned from passing merchants and caravans that um, it was mostly items of sentimental value or gold, uh, and gems that were being stolen from these small towns, <clears throat> and that we hadn't heard of any thefts from cities or from individual farms, just from these smaller towns in this kind of radius. Uh, about a dozen towns had been hit. None of them had any real sizable defense or army. Uh, Breton happened to ask for some reason if anyone had uh, seen any dragons, and heard actually, and, and was told actually that there are rumors of large beasts that have not been seen for many years, kind of on the outskirts of the region, uh, but not necessarily dragons. Um, upon arriving at Herak, uh, Breton and Trillium headed to uh, Perquet's, Monsieur Perquet's uh, fine stationery shop. There was a fair amount of debate about kind of how to approach uh, this gentleman because he's very snooty and uh, appears to serve only a high-end rich clientele. I'm very um, pleased with the solution that, that you arrived at, though. That was, that was outstanding. Yeah, well, so we basically went in with Breton uh, playing an incredibly arrogant uh, purchaser uh, with Trillium in uh, the shape of, I guess, a parrot or a fine bird on his shoulder. Uh, and he just went in and assumed that uh, he belonged there and had a major order in, uh, and he used the alias of Saunders McMillan. Uh, Parquet was actually relatively obsequious and made, at least pretended that he um, could handle everything. Uh, the main takeaway from that visit was that we found that Perquet's uh, handwriting was incredibly similar uh, to the writing on the note that was found in the cave in a prior episode um, referencing a delivery in Herak. Um, and uh, as a result of that learning, we actually decided to send Uriel and Lenore back to the shop to steal something written by Perquet so that we could confirm uh, or, or check whether it was truly the same writing. Um, during that visit, Uriel performed his "Give me fuel, give me fire" trick, which kind of lets him let him learn what it was that Perkay most desires in the world, uh, and what he wants is to succeed where his master has failed. Um, Trillium also we we also learned through Trillium when she did a spout lore to compare the handwriting that the note and Perkay's uh, writings were not actually written by the same person but by two people who were clearly taught by the same instructor. Um, they were incredibly similar, but not exactly the same. Um, Lenore, being from Herak, uh, knows that the teacher must be uh, one of two places in town, which are kind of um, etiquette or finishing schools for rich young people. And I think that's where we ended the episode. Yeah. And we had determined early on that she is the only one that had come from Herak. <laughs> right? Everybody else was from a different area. Right. right? That's true. Mm-hmm. Okay. We come in, we come from different places. So I, different I have places. experience in Herak. <laughs> <laughs> so we we pick back up from the stinky salamander. You guys had your powwow in the uh, adjoining tavern rooms, and uh, ready to figure out what your next steps are. Um, I think we were going to 
maybe go towards the preparatory school. Okay. It was either that or the address. To oh, see what, what yeah, that was the other. Yeah. And you're welcome to kind of split as we're gathering information. Nothing bad should happen. Until you yeah. roll. Uh, That's always the. Uh, I was telling her earlier on the right yeah. up here. Never split the party. Never split the <laughs> party. Never split the party. <laughs> well, if we so, went to the schools, well, I mean, we, I mean, we, we kind of did that already. With yeah. Okay, yeah. and that, that's what I mean. It's not necessarily dangerous, and we're all hearing the same stuff. So I think we're playing it very well. So I'm fine doing that way. Right. So how would we play yeah. it if we go to the prep schools at this point? Like, what are we? Yeah. What are we going to ask, or what are we going? Good question. No, I would defer to her experience with the city. Yeah, so right. Um, any connections with uh, the cult? I would. I, I think maybe we wouldn't go there first. We'll check out that ad, the address. That because that's was a quick, just like what kind delivery. of places? Oh, it's a yeah, market. No, I agree. I think we should house. go check out the address we have first. Because even to is. me, it's kind of a. It doesn't seem like that would make sense. Right. All right. Yeah. Off so to the address. The um, and since Bridget uh, started a written or a drawn version of our map here for Herak, uh, the what we're going to say is that you're going towards, well, you have it written as north that way. All right, so I'll tell you, you're going to the north, um, that side, and the, uh, the market is pretty much on the other side of the entrance road, not far in at all. And the market area spans, you figure, maybe a hundred vendors of different types and their, their um, carts and kiosks and what have you. And regularly changing almost every night, people drive off and a different group drives in. Uh, it's open every day and it varies all the time. Some days it's a lot of, or some days it's a lot of fresh produce. Some days it's leather trading and, and you know, the tanners come through and what have you. There is a shop, an actual shop for almost everything you can think of in the city. But to get varied goods, you go to the marketplace. So like the regular shop has paper at the marketplace. There's all kinds of fancy things at the marketplace, that type of deal. So here, the address you're given leads um, to an alley to, to the side of one of the bigger buildings in the marketplace. And the front of that building is a blacksmith. And the back of the building, the address you're given to, uh, is where the blacksmith takes deliveries. Is there any chance that my uh, blacksmith Prometheus knows this guy? Yes. I would say uh, almost assuredly because stuff that you made with Prometheus would end up in the market here at some point. And uh, there is a very good likelihood that things you didn't make that are metal in town came from the Smith and Herak. So just to be clear, the address from the note is the address, the delivery side of the blacksmith shop. Yes. So the kind of things that might be delivered to a blacksmith shop are the things that would be delivered here. Uh, I would say some metals in their raw form or even not in their raw form to be smelted and turned yeah. into something different. Any kind of thing, maybe even like leather straps or th- things like that that could be used when you're constructing stuff. And for that matter, fuel. Uh, it's tough to keep the fires going. Okay. Just about anything that might be used on a... Uh, at a busy blacksmith in a big city, because that's what this is. Mm. And um, the uh, the uh, oh gosh, the blacksmith's name because he's always singing and laughing while he does his work. He's uh, Jolly Gerald. Jolly Gerald. Yeah. Jolly Gerald. And he can be called almost anything. He does not care, but he is most most. Re- Often referred to as Jolly Gerald. Jolly Jerry. He sings and whistles and laughs while he works. He thinks everything is pretty damn funny. So what you want to do? I'm going to yeah, introduce myself yeah. as uh, Uriel. I work with uh, Prometheus from Belshond. Oh, Prometheus, that old man. What is he up to? <laughs> Just put me to work all day, every day. You know, Sounds like a lot of fun. So, Jerry, ah. what fuels the flames of your desire? <laughs> um, a roll of the dice, perhaps? I don't know. One day, I'm going to make a sword that slays a great dragon. I'm going to keep at this forge until that happens. 
That sounds pretty epic. With any luck, sooner or later, the sword will be one of you guys' sword, because that'll be neat. <laughs> that's, that's what keeps him going. He knows he's going to make uh, a weapon of legend, might be another way to put it. Uh, gotcha. Something that people will talk about, like you, you equate Excalibur with King Arthur. He's going to make a weapon that people will talk about, the weapon, not the deed. Ask him if he's working on that now. <laughs> I don't really see Jolly Jerry's name going on in that <laughs> he's, making, he's making a weather vane right yeah, now. So. <laughs> Might want to go under a pseudonym for that one. However, this uh, forge is known to produce some of the best um, uh, blades in this region. So he works more on weapons. He works on almost anything, but... If you want a quality, sturdy blade that you can smack into a stone and just have to resharpen it when you're done, you go to Jolly Gerald Smith to, to get that blade made there. Gotcha. He'll make sure that that thing does not break when you hit something. Yeah, Very durable blades. Might have to take some lessons from you. <laughs> I think uh, he wouldn't mind as long as you can stand working with him for more than a few hours. Right, I'm going to think. Some people, they, they're just way too optimistic. Yeah. Everything's going to turn out well, right. It seems <laughs> like everything in this town's kind of perky. <laughs> <laughs> perky. Mm. I get it. I this is our guy. Uh, D- Gerald's definitely a stand-up guy. Yeah. Is he making... Uh, By all appearances. Are we all there or just you? You no, guys all want yeah. to... I initiate yeah, conversation yeah, because yeah. I have the hook kind of like... I mean, yeah. I would ask him if he's working on that. Working on that. Or a weapon like that right now, or if it, this is just his general goal. No, but this weather vane will stand proud at the top of the the church over here. I won't mention him, though. I, I kind of it. I'd like to help with that weapon one day. I have a way with working with metal unseen in any parts of the world that I know. Of. He might even heard. Oh, Prometheus might even mention me. Um. Maybe that that might be a lot of fun. Yeah. We have to get the right metals in there. I agree, in the right definitely. Fire, the right yes, fire. a certain heat, <laughs> and you can see when he's working, he has these complete, authoritative, fluid movements that everything everything he does flows into the next move. He's a master at his. The no wasted movements. Exactly. Everything. The, the only thing he wastes is breath. <laughs> All of his <laughs> movements are precise. <laughs> And as he hits the metal, every hit helps it take the next form. He never goes back on a move. Everything seems really uh, master craftsman. So he has a shop right next door? Is that, you know, yeah, so he's working in the forge. So between the delivery entrance and the, the shop is the forge in this case. And he's working in there. Uh, if you enter through, the, well, you would enter through the front. You'd see him back there working. Gotcha. It's like an open kitchen in a restaurant. He's an open forge at the smithy. What I'm guessing it looks like. Okay. Good. We're having the city created as we go, which is very nice. We have a, an actual physical reference this time. Yeah. Good. Um, so you got some of that information from him. And um, what else would you like to ask him? Yeah, I don't really know how to segue into like, hey, have you received any uh, hot items? Because <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. it doesn't seem like that kind of guy, but he might be unbeknownst to him, whereas stuff's coming from could be could be so where do you where do you normally uh obtain your work with any precious metals lately oh yeah almost every day of where, course. Do, where do you normally <laughs> pro, uh obtain oh, i my assistant them. orders just about everything but um we get it from all around this area we have a specific um uh his assistant, he, when he indicates the guy standing over in the shop, it's a dwarf. And um, he, he said, uh, or he tells you, he knows where to find all the best metals. And if he can't find it, he knows someone who does. Ah. We always have trouble in Valshan, small town. It's kind of hard to find stuff. Well, yeah, but Prometheus is able to find stuff. And, yeah, and but it's not as easy. It seems like you guys. Travel through yeah, and, yeah. It's still not the same. Nobody wants to give away the goods sometimes, you know. Uh, well, sometimes you just have to go get them. <laughs> That's true. That's what our short friend over here takes care of. <laughs> Perhaps we should. I should talk to your assistant. I was say, it sounds like we need to talk to the dwarf. What's his name? Do we know? It's a good. How about Drummond? Drummond. I'm just going. I'm that eventually going to run out of names yeah, on gotcha. here, but 
That no, that works. You, you could drum up some items. Uh huh. Um, I'm just finishing putting that there. And uh, he is not so jolly. He's just your stereotypical gruff dwarf right. dude. Um, he's happy to help you, but as a gruff dwarf, not necessarily as a happy person. Uh, he heard some of the conversation because it's hard to be within 100 feet and not hear Gerald talking. Right, that's true. Uh, and he tells you, um, we, you know, well, we can't give away all our secrets. Can't tell you where we get everything. Right. <laughs> but we do get a fair amount from the mountains here in Herak. Right to the sides, there are substantial mining um, operations going on with, yeah. with my folk. I see there are huge tracts of land here. There are huge, huge veins tracks of, of land. gold, probably. That's the Monty Python reference for today. <laughs> uh, yeah, so he, I mean, he... What's his uh, name again? Drummond. Drummond. He's fairly standoffish, but he's not... He's not shutting you down. He'll, right. he'll talk with you, but he's not going to tell you where he gets his metal. Drummond, what fuels the flames of your desire? <laughs> Dang. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to use it. I'm going to use it. That's another thing to keep in mind for everybody. If you've got to move there, you can use it any time. This is your character. It's the thing that makes, makes you, you. you you. Exactly. Uh, so it doesn't have to wait for a, like a perfect moment. You throw that thing out there right in Iraq whenever you want, or any other city, or town, or <laughs> a cave, dungeon. Um, uh, <laughs> I'll magic missile him. So he <laughs> kind of mutters under his breath, um, <clears throat> uh, I'm, I'll have my own place sooner or later. He wants to run his own shop. Yeah, gotcha. And the only reason he's putting up with this insufferably loud fool is because he knows sooner or later it will pay off. Right. Old Gerald will either kick the bucket. I mean, humans have a much shorter lifespan than dwarves. Um, or something will happen, and he'll just take over. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. He doesn't want to be anybody's lackey. <laughs> yeah, now he's the gopher. Go get this guy. But to get there, he's going to work damn hard in the meantime. Yep. <clears throat> and that's what he's doing. He's getting everything he can for his current boss. Who else? What else is going on? You learn a little bit about this area in the marketplace. Like I said, all kinds of stuff out there. A little bit of everything. And if it isn't there, somebody there knows how to get it. Yeah, so apparently, I mean, stuff's being delivered here. We just can't prove it yet or... Yeah, I mean, the note said the delivery needed to happen to this place, and that's yep. all we knew. Yeah, but I'm not seeing Drummond having this nice handwriting. I mean, anything's possible, but... Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, it's more likely it's someone else is writing the notes and arranging for stuff to come here, which doesn't mean that Drummond or Gerald right, is using it or even knows what it is. It right, may just be a drop. Yeah. I was just thinking something. If I was um, if I was a player, for whatever reason, I just thought this. You could ha- have a writing contest, and everybody comes <laughs> in. You have to write out the quick brown fox jumped over yeah. the lazy dog, yeah. and we'll determine the winner at the end of the contest. And you just go match up all the handwriting. That's, <laughs> that's one of the outlandish things players think of. Yeah, doesn't seem that that kind of crowd though. <laughs> no, nah, not really. No. Not. Well, we may be able to find out who wrote. Could you sign my petition to uh, send a little boy (laughs) to to camp for free? There you go. (laughs) We may be able to find out who wrote the notes from the teachers. Yeah. Yeah. But. Yeah, that's a better idea. Necessarily. I mean, if it was a regular student, they may recognize the writing. Now, why would they want to tell us that? I don't know. All Hmm. kinds of questions. We'd have to give them a reason. Oh, we'll give them a reason. Burn this place down. <laughs> Burn this I'm place kidding, to I'm the ground. Really. If no, there's seriously. one place that's probably pretty fireproof, it's the uh, the smithy. Yeah. Well, not the smithy. I'm talking about, I'm talking uh, about the school. The prep schools. <laughs> going to go to the school and burn that down. I, okay. <laughs> probably some happy people. Yeah. The students, probably. Yeah, right. See? Make some friends in the younger crowd. Yeah. What do you want to take as your next step? Yeah, I think mm. we're done at this location for now. But you want to stake it out and see what something happens. No, I think I think it probably makes sense to try hit the, school. try the schools and see because we don't know which school yet. Or you got to hit both. I think no. there's only one. 
Oh, you well, there are that. two prep schools. Yeah, but no, I don't. There's only one. There's only one? Both of those are, are masters at the school. Oh, so they compete within the school yeah. against each other. Okay. Let me change my note. I don't think it's big enough for two two. Is the biggest schools. city around? Yeah, but okay. these are schools. They're not for the common. They're they're for the wealthy, and there's probably not as many wealthy. Small class sizes. Yeah. Um, the other thing I was going to mention. I'm not saying anyone has to do this now, nor am I saying it's a like you should have done it. But remember the whole discern realities thing. When you're in a place and you right. want to study the place, that involves a role. Just asking someone a question doesn't. Oh right. Right. Yeah, I guess we can take a look around and see if we can so, see any of the any items, maybe, that would yeah. seem out of place. Now, for those who have played these games before, like Chris and Kurt, typically you go into place like, I'm going to make a perception check to see if there's anything out there. In this game, that doesn't happen. You're saying, I'm going to look around and see if there's anything that I can spot. Um, and then that becomes a discern realities role. But when you just walk in and you're talking to people, then that's it. That you just talk. There's no role to talk to somebody, to ask a question, or to strike up a conversation. What about like if I wanted to do what I guess a D and D would be an insight or a sense motive check on yeah, that's Jolly same, Gerald? That's is discern, that a discern realities as well. It's when you're taking the time to examine a place or a person. Okay. So why don't or situation? Why don't one of you look around the room and and I want to do a I want to try to get a to roll for a sense of whether whether gerald okay is as jolly and innocent as he seems so you're going to take a few moments and pay specific attention to gerald and his yeah watching and watching his yeah. responses when he's talking to uriel and okay. you know okay. using my charismatic sense to so I was, and i'll just check to see if something is out of the ordinary because i know a smithy and what where things should be and what, where, what spots yeah. they should be and things like that's that. a good point so I, I would say let's do it this way let's start with one roll and if we get enough questions, we'll just answer what you guys are looking for. If he only gets one question, then you can roll as well. Well, and if uh, you know you see a random family photo or so, what is this from reality's wisdom? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is wisdom. So I rolled six. Wisdom would be uh, seven. Okay. And so I, that gives you one question out of the list. Okay. So my question would be: so I think um, you either get one or three, right? That's. Yeah. Yeah, one or yeah. three. Seven to nine, you get one. Also, remember, this is one thing I forgot on the last one. Mm-hmm. When you ask a question and I give you an answer, if you use that answer on your next roll, you get a plus one to that roll, whatever it is. You take plus one forward when acting on the information I give you. I'm just trying to think. So, we didn't really ask Gerald anything outright. Yeah, no. I kind of just asked him that Small one talk. question. They gave me like a legitimate, you know, cool right. answer. Um, so, anyway, so, go anywhere. so, I don't know. You have to tell me how I would handle. Just trying to get a sense for well, is he sh- is so he hiding stuff? At, out of the questions on discern realities, what would you ask? Oh yeah, let's um, give, give a, a give me an idea of which one is closest to what you're looking for, and then Chris, you might as well go ahead and roll because he's just going to have the one question there. Um, so I would either want to go with what here is not as it appears to be, okay. or well, what here is useful or valuable to me. <laughs> okay, um, I'm going to go with what what uh, here is not what it appears to be. Okay. Um, by all appearances in the conversations that Uriel has had, uh, there's a, a steady working relationship, but you can tell that um, there's something about Drummond that he's not telling Gerald. That he's doing something underhanded here. Drummond is definitely not as um, upstanding as he appears to be. Okay. He keeps glancing around while you guys are in there looking around and talking about uh, him, especially Uriel saying he was with Prometheus at Valshand. Uh, it makes Drummond glance around uh, like into corners, like, did I leave something out or something? Like that. He's, he's, there's something wrong with the way he's acting. It's only obvious to you, but it's become obvious to you because you're paying attention. Right, so Drummond's not being up and up with Gerald about something. Yeah. And now Chris has rolled for Uriel and has, I think, what, 50 questions he can like ask? 50,000. Yeah, 50,000. I get all the information. Pretty much. Yeah. What you want to find out. So you did not what it appears to be. Yeah. I will do and you can do the same one, too. It I'll do who's really in it. control here. Um, it, it's because of what um, Bred, Brenton, 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 gosh. Because we just had um, Brenton that you gave me for the, uh, the thing. That I threw can me change out. that. No, that's good. It's keep me on my toe. The, um, because of what he noticed, and maybe he kind of points it out to you a little bit. I don't know if you give him a nudge, pay attention to Drummond or something. But you get the impression now for sure that although Gerald's name is on the business, he might as well just be a figurehead now. It, it's very likely that Drummond's pulling the strings. 
we we don't think that uh I don't get the sense that Gerald's under control. He's just kind of like uh, he's Gerald happy. Just doesn't know. He, he's, he's happy to run. The he's happy. Yeah. being the craftsman. Yeah. Right. Well, but but he's not but, really running the business. Right. Well, he's not running the business that Drummond is running. Oh, yeah, yeah. He is running the blacksmith shop. Yeah. Gotcha. Yes. Okay. Uh, what here is useful or valuable to me? Um, in one of the corners behind the counter where you're talking to Drummond, you notice uh, a what looks like. Um, a piece of one of the lamps from Valshand. Hmm. Not a whole thing, but like a piece of one. Like it had been broken and they took some parts off or right. something. And the remnants of one over in the corner. And what should I be on the lookout for? <laughs> Obviously Drummond. However, <laughs> um, as you are getting ready to finish up your business here, there's a knock at the delivery door and Drummond disappears. So something's happening. We'll go see what that is. Just gonna just yep. go walk oh, back. Yeah. Okay. Everybody else? How how are you gonna handle it? Is everybody just gonna march back towards the delivery door? When Drummond leaves? Yeah. So right before you guys are finishing up, or you are finishing up in the, the Smithy, uh pretty much getting ready to go out, there's a loud rapping on the back door, the delivery door that you guys first walked around the side of the building and right when that happens it's like somebody shot drummond in the foot and he just jumps and runs back towards the back with a quick you know excuse me and he's off like he was expecting a delivery mm-hmm. we should probably investigate that huh yeah, just forthright not kind of nonchalant or anything just oh, i'm not being nonchalant that's not just my straightforward type. okay i'm gonna go out the front yeah and go well you could around. probably i mean unless you're gonna charge through no. the guy's business yeah, you would go around. Well, he's saying yeah. he's going out the back. He's following where. Oh, are you going to go around? No, I'm gonna... following wherever Drummond went. That's yeah. where I'm going. So he's going to walk right through the middle of there? Yes. And uh, I'm going to go out and around the back. Okay. So and we're all, you too? We're making it pretty obvious. I'm being obvious. I mean, yeah, you're going for But that's his personality type. I'm all just, you know. He was also the person talking to them already. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Just going to follow him when he walks away. But we're all in there yeah. together. Yeah. So, like, no you suddenly go out the front. Well, you guys were getting You're ready to leave anyway. Yeah, we were getting ready to go. Yeah. Okay. So we, could, we were we still kind of talking. Kinda, All right, so we're just going to... No, we should go up to the church. We haven't been to the church in a while. What do you think? Head up there? <laughs> sure. Okay, cool. Just to get us out of the... <laughs> yes. The church. Breton, I, I know what you're playing, but... Going for yes. cigarettes. All right. Breton, you're going to walk around towards the back uh, so, from the yeah. opposite direction? I don't know if you want to shape shift once we're out around the... Okay, corner. yeah. Wonder Twin Powers, activate. Well, if you're going to go back there anyway, I mean, wouldn't, do you have to, ro- does, is he going well, to have to what's going to happen? Like, Once I figure out, what, out what direction everyone's going, yeah, and I, the only one I have left is Kurt, I don't know what Breton's going to do. Yeah, I mean, I was going to go around back and try to kind of okay. watch from but across the street. the front street. door around the back? Uh, yeah. Okay. So the, the important part here is I want to know who was walking through the shop. Because first off, yes, um, Drummond's going to stop as soon as you, he sees you following him. Everyone else walking out the front door. And, um, you know, Gerald will see you too. And they're like, oh, oh, you can't go through here. But wouldn't it make more sense for you to be, you know, for Uriel to be kind of interested in their deliveries, being that he's in the but same But if he's trade. just going to turn and follow the guy through, then that's just walking. It's, it's like walking through the back room of a retail store when you don't work there. Yeah. That's what he's doing, essentially. Or, or the analogy I made earlier, it's a restaurant with an open kitchen where you can see it, but as a guest, you're just going to walk all the way through to the walk-in fridge. Okay. Probably not. Gotcha. <laughs> That's what he's essentially doing. Yeah. He's walking back to the delivery entrance where they're going to be bringing food in, as it were. But um, okay. So, uh, uh, hold on. You can't. You, you, you gotta. You can't <laughs> walk through here. We have a delivery for us, don't we? But it's not for you. I mean, Drummond is. Uh, Gerald's like, oh, no, but my friend, you can't. No, yeah, yeah. Well, I had it. The shop here. is dangerous back here. I know you've worked here, but this is a different, a different. Uh, Let's answer the door. Um, Gerald won't really stop you, but Drummond doesn't want to walk any further while you're standing there. He stops, and it's another you know thirty feet back to the door. I keep walking towards the door. All right, he's going to just. Get in front of you. No, you don't belong here. You have to leave. And in the meantime, anyone who is walking around to the back will be getting there shortly. Was anyone... Were yeah. you guys actually walking we're, around? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
So when you guys go out the front door, as this you know half minute thing's going on, you walk around the front door and you turn down the alley. There's a um, a wagon in the alley. It's a covered wagon, and it looks like um, there are a couple of humans back there, just regular people, starting to take uh, small crates and different items out of the back of the wagon, and they're waiting for the delivery entrance to open. So you guys have a few seconds to whatever you want to do with that information. Yeah, we're just going to, yeah, nonchalant. Just a couple of people walking. Now, would either of you know what to expect to be delivered to a blacksmith, a forge? Mm, I mean, in general. Yeah, I mean, I think we would be able to tell if something was of value or different. Sounds like there might be a little bit of lore someone's trying to spout. Let's find out who wants to do the role. Okay. Which what, is that intelligence? Laura is intelligence, <laughs> yeah. And remember, um, you can always try it. Your intelligence The worst is that can mine. happen is you I get a plus, plus one, one you can use later. Yeah, you have 13 yeah. plus one, mine's 12. So I was giving okay. a shot. So I'll, do, I'll roll for uh, Spout Lore. All right, let's do that. All right, We're going to we go. see if that information you've got in your head actually helps you identify if this stuff should be at a blacksmith shop. All right, so five Not plus one. Really? So yeah. grab a chip because you'll get a plus one to use later on. Oh. Um, it looks <laughs> legitimate. And um, uh, everybody's just going about the business. They see you there, um, and they're just, just kind of waiting, and they knock on the door again. And at that point, inside, um, Drummond hears the knock, and he, he turns back, but then he's back. He's like, no, you got to go out the other way. You can't get through here. I keep walking towards the door. If he puts his hands he will. On. He'll, he'll, he's stopping you. Right. He's a substantial little dwarf. I'll just, uh, I'm going to have to do Burning Brand then. Oh, snap. What are you doing? He's going to summon a fire weapon of some Unless there, Is there an uh, open flame back here someplace or not? There's open flame about 10 feet behind you. That's over by Gerald, I'm yeah. assuming. The forge, uh, definitely. Yeah, I don't want to do that. I'll just do Burning Brand. Okay. What is the intent? What are you summoning at this point? I'm just going <coughs> to... In case it goes horribly awry, I want to know where to take it. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm actually getting, you know, it's conjure a weapon, but I almost don't... But you still have all those extra tags now, too, right? Yeah. So I don't necessarily want a weapon unless I can make it like a... I really just want to burn him, kind of. He, grab, like, he puts his hand on my chest and kind of grab his wrist and just... <laughs> Fire burn. brass knuckles. Yeah. Or like a gauntlet. Yeah, like a gauntlet. A, yeah. So the metal gauntlets. Sure. Look over there, Chuck. <laughs> that looks like That's an 11. Success. Yeah, okay. an 11. Um, so you definitely take him off guard. Yep. And he flinches enough for you to walk by him. Either you answer the door or I answer the door. Um, he's still going to try and grab you and stop you. Well, so I, just, I mean, technically he's point, taking damage from me. It will, it will hurt him. Okay. But, oh. uh, Let's and Gerald might get involved because you're fine. burning his employee well, now. So we'll see how that goes. Yeah. But he's trying to stop you. Okay. And uh, when he shouts the first time, Gerald turns and he's trying to figure out what's going on. So you're just going to go right up to the door and open it? Because yep. you'll have enough time. Yeah. With yeah, that. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. But they'll come shouting after you in a moment. Okay. And the door opens for, for those outside. The door opens. And uh, it's not the person that they're expecting to be at the door. It might be the person you guys were expecting to be at the door because it's um, Uriel. Uh, but they're, they immediately just, they're like freeze. Like, who are you? What are you doing here? They hear Drummond and Gerald start shouting in the background like, what the hell's going on? It's not supposed to be like this. <laughs> Put your faces on the ground. Whoa. Eat some dirt. What? I have my, you know, my both fists are on fire, flaming. Somebody get this guy an ambulance. His hands are on fire. <laughs> did you, did that happen inside? Are you okay? They don't expect somebody there with their hands yeah, on right, fire. Yeah, right. I gotcha. You all right? You, you guys get out. One, one of the guys grabs a blanket off of the, the, the wagon and tries to throw it over your hands. <laughs> your fire's dangerous, right? Yeah. Yeah. It is. But I haven't touched anybody yet with it. But they're, it, they're making it happen. Okay. As soon as they get close to you with a blanket, it's going to catch fire. Yeah, it's going to catch fire, yeah. And we're going to have a little fire start in the alleyway. Now, it's not a... It's yeah. uh, stone, a uh, little bit of dirt and stone walls and what have you. This isn't a, a, a hev- uh, an area that's going to catch fire quickly, but the wagon will start to catch fire. Unless somebody else can do something about that quickly. 
I can do something. So mini, qu- mini panic. Oh, I could. I'm letting somebody else do something before I, I, could I, make rain. I could make rain happen. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> this could go horribly wrong. <laughs> this will be fun. <laughs> I just leveled up nature. Do what I tell you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So. Read, uh, that, read that move again so we get an idea of what you're trying to do. So it's elemental mastery. Yeah. Um, when you call on the primal spirits of fire, water, earth, or air to perform a task for you, roll plus wisdom. On a 10, I choose to. So basically I get to choose between uh, the effect you desire comes to pass, you avoid paying nature's price, and or you retain control. Yeah. Now, what would be nature's price that would be just circumstantial? Like, Yeah, it's circumstantial. Okay. It, it, like here, Depending say for example, you wanted to call rain. Oh, got a monsoon instead. You call rain, mm-hmm. but um, you don't choose that one, so you end up having to pay nature's price. Well, maybe the um, liquid is sucked out of something else nearby and causes a problem somewhere else. The fruit vendor at the corner, all their fruit goes dry. You know, something bad could happen, and they know it was you because they see you over there saying, make it rain! (laughs) Okay. So ideally, like a 10 or more would be the effect you desire comes to pass, and you retain control. That's what you want. want For the most part, and then you you. just end up paying nature's price based on whatever the whole situation is. However, you might want it to be that you don't have... Uh, price to pay for nature and you just lose control of it. Maybe it's okay to have a whole crap ton of water here. As long as there was enough to actually put out the fire to begin with, you might not care if, you know, the dog down the street gets drowned. Who knows? Right. Okay. Alright. So here we go. Let's see. That's dark. Oh, what huh? do I have That's dark. Wisdom? There's a price to be paid and you, you have to lose control. Alright, so yeah. six plus two is eight. I think you only get to choose one out of that now. Because yep. a 10 plus, you get to choose two, right? Yep. Yeah, choose one. So, um, so if you're doing it to put the fire out, that's probably important to choose the effect you the want. The effect, yep. yeah. So the effect you desire to comes to pass. Now I have a question that goes to Uriel next. Yeah, does rain, you were does rain put out your fire? I don't know if it would put out my hands. It would put out a normal fire. Though. Yeah. Because I so still have my three things. Uh, yeah. No, it wouldn't yeah. So, th- I mean, that's part of my thought. Yeah. So, it'll put out the fire that has caught the blanket and has started on the cover of the wagon. So, that fire will go out, but Uriel's well, hands will still be on fire. Wasn't Uriel, like, in the. I mean, he was in the doorway, right? But he's, he's right not. there standing, yeah. you oh my know, God, I'm st- not even outside. a couple of feet apart. This is yeah. a, a delivery alley. Yeah. So, okay. there's not a whole lot of space. It's not like the loading dock at Walmart. This is just a little spot where a wagon could fit and people could just unload stuff. Yeah. Okay. So you put out closed the quarters. The wagon, if it caught. So when the, this is the first time that um, uh, uh, Trillium has called upon nature, how did she do it? Did she have to say something? An incantation? Motions? Shouting? Dance moves. Dance moves? Evolution wow. of dance? <laughs> Um, I don't know. I guess let's say she, it's just mental concentration. It's, mental. it's silent. Okay. And so what precedes the rain? Is there like a, an extra cloud, a little bit of thunder, maybe? Yeah, it, it seems to be natural. It seems, okay. it, it seems to be like it's not, uh, so a freak of nature, but nature nonetheless. Yeah, yeah. Not the it's, little it's rain the cloud that follows around Charlie Brown. It's yeah. Just, it looks more natural. Okay. Uh, so that happens. It does take them off guard. And the, the most of the fire, I guess part of the fire is put out. At that point, Drummond and um, Gerald reach the back door, and everyone's just kind of like, what the hell's going on? This guy's on fire. It just rained for 10 seconds. And... Um, uh, the the a fair amount of the rain went right into the back of the shop too, and there's like a half an inch of rain on the floor, flash flood kind of thing. Yeah, Whoops. which might not be so good for a blacksmith, <laughs> but whatever. Oh, I I'll dry that uh, up later. Um, and you definitely feel drained, like dehydrated, all of a sudden. You, you could use some water soon. <laughs> Thirsty. Yeah. What's in the wagon? <sighs> what? Are you asking anyone in specific or just in general? Kind of, yeah. 
And Kurt, what's Breton up to? It's being delivered. He's just been across the street, kind of nonchalantly watching, like trying yeah. to be not yeah, I'm seen. Kind of blending in. Yeah. yeah, I'm trying to blend in, and not be part of this because I'm basically like you just made rain, so I'm like. You want yeah. to be able to play innocent? Well, I figure these two are making a big enough scene. I'm there for backup if it goes <laughs> mm. even yeah. worse. Okay. And after that, what's uh, or during that, um, what is Lenore doing? Oh, I'm. When she made it rain, I kind of backed off a little bit. Yeah. To uh, blend in with with people passing by. Okay. So pretending I'm like shopping or closer to the market. Yeah, pretending I'm shopping at the market or. Okay. Waiting for now, somebody. Now, it is a, a little bit of a distance, because from the end of the alley to this delivery entrance is probably 100 feet or so. So you'd have to back um. up a fair bit to get towards the market. But And for being across the street, you can see what's going on, but you couldn't necessarily hear anything. Because mm. there's enough people around. Uh, and if we leave it at that, where it's mainly Uriel and um, Trillium there... Uh, those are the people that are in on the conversation. They're shouting. Drummond just starts shouting, you need to get out of here. I'm going to call the... the, the uh, police, I don't know what they'd be the called. Militia. Sheriff? It, but they're <laughs> not a militia. It, it's actually... Um, city Watch. City Watch, yes. I'm going to call the City Watch. Go! And he starts shouting out towards the street. And then Perhaps we should, because you have stolen there. materials from my city, Valshond. There's nothing stolen here. What's in the corner over there, the street lamp? I don't know what you're talking about. Man, maybe you should go look at it. How about Jerry? Why don't you go look, check that out? Uh, he does. You want to move in? Yeah, I think we're... <laughs> move in a little closer? Maybe watch Calmly. Maybe watch the guys with the wagon. Show me what's in the wagon or else I burn it down. Jolly Gerald has the first dour look on his face for probably the last oh, 10 years. Awesome. And he looks very uncomfortable with singing. it as he walks back into the shop. And he said, go look in the corner over there. He's yeah. going to go take a look. Yeah. Um, so you're out there with Drummond and the two delivery men uh, who, uh, if for um, simplicity's sake, they're like in a regular delivery uniform. It looks like this is a delivery company. Mm-hmm. They probably don't work for him. They're just people that pick gotcha. something up in one place and deliver it to another. Right. Um, but they're not hobgoblins. No, they're yeah. not. <laughs> you don't notice any odd smells. Right. Regular, sweaty, human delivery smells. That's about it. I asked one of the delivery drivers, what were yeah. you delivering here? Um, everything in these crates. And, and, and he, um, he grabs a piece of paper that hadn't yet caught fire. There's a little corner of it that's scorched. <laughs> um, he grabs the, the piece of paper off the back of the wagon. And it's like this. And on there is goods from here, goods from here, goods from here. And it lists various different metals and things that Gerald requested from here or there. And you see little check marks next to each thing, like they checked them off as they put them in the wagon. He said, we've gone through four different towns, and this is the stuff that he asked for. What the hell's going on? What were you expecting, Drummond? This is none of your business, and he's still shouting out for the guards. And at this point, uh, you guys out towards the street, there are a couple of guards who have taken notice of the shouting, and they're starting to trot down the alleyway. And you would notice that. I was like, get that. That's fine. And so when they get there, it's, what's going on here? Why are you disturbing this business? Because Drummond immediately tells them, he's disturbing this business. (laughs) That's exactly what he says. Drummond has stolen goods from... uh, the city I come from. Uh, we're going to need proof of this. There's some inside the building right now, and there possibly could be some in this wagon. Uh, and they look at Drummond and said, show, show us what he's talking about. Uh, and he, he'll lead them inside with you if you follow along. Um, and when you get in there, Gerald's standing at the counter, and the thing you saw in the corner isn't there. Uh. And he's, he's standing there going, what? What are you talking about? Where did you put it, Gerald? What? He, he, he looks a lot more innocent than I look right okay. now because I've got several characters <laughs> in my head. So bear with me. He's definitely, he is dumbfounded. It, what? All right, Drummond, where did you move it? Did I tell him the right corner? Or did he, yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, the thing you saw there isn't there now. Okay. Um, that it just, what? This man, remove him from this business. What's in the wagon? The things that we ordered. You, you saw pretty, the manifest. You look quite... Uh, yeah, let's check it out. Let's check out everything in the wagon. You look pretty nervous there, Drummond. <laughs> the, the guards are willing to take some time and try and satisfy your curiosity okay. to an extent. Because right. you are not a well-respected business here, right. and they That's are. True. So they, um, they will stay with you okay. long enough to open up a couple of crates and verify the information on the manifest. It would and be something that's a couple not of the in crates. the crates or hidden within the crate. You know what I mean? 
It wouldn't be something not on the manifest. Well, there's no reason at this point that the guards would allow you to just rifle through this guy's stuff. They'll open a crate, and if it matches what's on the paper, they'll let it go. And at first glance, everything matches what's on the paper. They say, all right, there's not, that's enough here. You're going to need to move on. <laughs> that's enough disruption for one day, fiery man. <laughs> this isn't over with, Drummond. <laughs> you haven't seen the last of me. <laughs> that's pretty cool. You're definitely coming off as the maniacal dude at this yeah, point. Yeah, the hothead. That's right pretty there. cool. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> but um, if there is something amiss here, they've made sure it's covered up right. nicely. Of course. If there's something amiss. Right. Of course, there isn't. Of course not. Not a chance. <laughs> we can always come back here. Oh, or totally. Follow, or totally follow stake it out, or she could do her bug thing, whatever. She could do her bug thing. Yeah, I kind of want Fly her to. on the wall. We can leave, and she hangs out, and like, oh, mm-hmm. that's where that went. So as you um, walk away, presuming at some point you will. Yeah, of course. Um, the at the front of the shop, Gerald's standing there. Uh, at the front door's open. He's standing with a broom, brushing sooty water out into the street, and he's all pissed off because you flooded his shop, <laughs> poor fella. But. Um, there's the murmuring going around the market area, and there's a lot of people glancing towards you and pointing you in general. Oh, I stand out. I'm not a yeah. big dude with bright red flaming hair. But the weird stuff that just happened down there? Well, not everybody saw that. But yeah. Well, they, knew, they, they could hear the rain, right? and there was a fire yeah. briefly, and there's going to be some smoke from that, and then the guards running down there and a lot of shouting, <laughs> which isn't a normal occurrence. That's true. So there's murmuring about that, and there's a, a, you know, a lot of, I wonder what happened over there. Well, well there's, there's just some hot, guy? wet well, action in her rack. Yeah. <laughs> we could just say, thank goodness we had that sudden rain shower, because <laughs> that wagon just caught fire out of nowhere. Uh-huh. Stuff happens. It's a miracle. It's a miracle. So now more intrigue at the smithy. What's the next step? The only other stuff is to either stake this out, or stake out Drummond, or check out the schools for more info. Well, I don't know what we're going to get at the schools now. Well, I mean, I don't see Drummond writing notes. I don't know. <laughs> well, Drummond might, you know, alarm, sound an alarm, you know, well, because that's the thing. of he what might, just happened. Right. I kind of like, no, I am watching you. He might go run to, you yeah. know, whoever. Yeah. So I could maybe, you know, hang out with Drummond in like a insect form or be a little mouse something like that that's definitely possible what yeah. do you guys think about that that's probably a good idea i would say something because that could he fly. might he might um a flying mouse <laughs> gerald might might say you know what was that all about that, that was weird yeah yeah or drummond or might be like crazy what a crazy day <laughs> yeah or <laughs> drummond might you know go well i've got to go <laughs> let such and such know what just happened because people are onto us or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, You should be a chipmunk. A chipmunk? Well, I want to be something that's going to be able to be indoors and outdoors. So something that's like... um, A wild boar. Bird? A A wild boar? Yeah. (laughs) A fly. I think. Fireflies have like three-hour lifespans. I mean, I don't want her to die while she's in there. A firefly. I I have no problem with (laughs) insects, but I still think animal-animal, not insect-animal kind of things. I I like the salamander thing before. Mice are neat. Typically, insects are animals. I know. That's why I said animal-animal. You know, I don't like her. I like like her. That kind of thing. Candy and chocolate. You know what I mean. Yeah, as as classification goes, yeah, animal's a really big category. Okay, so am but I... You can pick whatever you want, mind okay. you. Okay. I'm not saying you can't. I just usually think of, you know, something a little more animal-ish instead of insect-ish. Right. Mammal or... Whatever is more maneuverable whatever. is what I would give. Yeah. Okay, so... And squishy is an important consideration. Yeah. Huh? Let me think. Let's be... Uh, <laughs> Flies are not at the top of anyone's food chain. It's true. No, and there not, are no. other animals here. I'm trying to think. Again, like I want to be something that's going to be able to be inside and outside, something that can... Uh, not noticeable, really. Is not, yeah. How about, oh. let's just do a mouse. I was going to say mouse, because there's mice probably cool. mice. And I could be... Everywhere. I could hide anywhere. I mean, mm-hmm. it's... And I would have yep. good hearing. 
I'm thinking like really literal about this. Okay, so yeah, and that's fine. Uh, it's important to know why you're becoming a mouse because that's what the holds mean. Okay. Well, so I'm becoming a mouse because mice are easily, you know, they could be inside or outside, and they have good hearing. And, and I want to be able to uh, follow Drummond if I need to and hear what he has to say if he says it. Sounds good to me. Okay, here we go. All oh, right. that's not so good. <laughs> We've got a four plus wisdom is two, so yeah. six. So things. let's put it this way. I'm going to take this failure and just say, right now, nature's price was you're not able to shapeshift for now. So you are held off on shapeshifting. You get the chip. But I'm going to use that failure immediately. Now, okay. another thing I want to um, mention to you guys, too. Remember, every chip you have in front of you is a big negative in the story. And where that comes in are things like, even though you were able to tac- tackle the living statue, it got away. There was a failure that needed to happen at some point. So every chip out there is something that's bad. Um, Drummond got away with something earlier. That's a failure I carried forward. Yeah. There's a way for something to happen where you're not going to get what you want right now, but there's going to be enough of a trail or breadcrumbs or even just incentive to go back and get it. Um, So every failure means something that you may not see immediately. This is one of the rarer cases where you see it immediately. Okay. It's going to be that your failure here is that, that nature's price comes into play. So you are not going to be able to shapeshift for a little while. We'll determine how long a little while is okay. as we go. So you're not able to follow Drummond. It lets him get away is uh, what that turns into. So you don't necessarily know where he went next unless you happen to have a ranger friend who could track people. That's a possibility. It's possible. Yeah. Or you could just set fire to places until he comes out. <laughs> yeah. Not out. that that has any sense to it. But burn this whole city down. <laughs> burn the whole damn city. Um, Her rack is so on fire. I can hunt and track. Her rack is Actually, on Cloud's fire. probably been figuring out this whole mystery the whole time. She hasn't you know, heard back from her. That's true. She's probably. Cloud's just like. She already figured out the whole thing. Oh she yeah, comes she back. Yeah, like I got the guy. Yeah, is, is um, <laughs> Cloud essentially your pet or your service dog when you're in a city? How do you treat that? Because most people don't walk around with a pet. Uh, yeah, that's a good question. Way. I mean. Can I get away with having her with me? As like long as the town is this, yeah. Well, I mean, as a, call it, again, a, a, a medieval fantasy town, as long as your animals well behaved, no one gives a damn. Right. right. It's not like, it's like walking around with a sword at your waist. As long as you're not killing people. Right. Yeah. There then are I would, certain places where they won't let your pet in, and there are certain places they won't let you in if you're armed. But <laughs> just walking around here. town. Right. Right. So just She's mild-mannered, a, if a little yeah. stubborn. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I can... I can track. Okay. Uh, do we want to do anything else with the whole school idea in this episode? I think it's worth a try. Hey, do you recognize this handwriting? Lenore? Yeah, I mean, that's At least really that. all we'd be going there for, right? Yeah, I, totally. I, I guess. If that's what people want to do. What do you want to show them where the school is. Might give us one p- more piece of that puzzle. But you were the one that had the information. I think people are expecting you to follow up with it. Uh, he has the note. No, no, the information about that there are uh, the prep masters. school masters, oh, yeah, school masters yeah, well, and you know the names of two of them. Right. The um, ones that were probably teaching the people who wrote the note. But the thing is, I definitely wouldn't have gone to school there, so I okay. don't. So is that better or worse, uh, asking as an outsider or an insider? I don't know. Because we don't have an insider. It's pretty... Um, it's like uh, you're more inside Mr. Perquet, yeah. Where it's uh, kind of snooty. High society. Yeah, okay. we don't belong there. So is this the kind of thing where you would go in snooping after hours looking for records, or you would actually go in and ask somebody? I guess that's where I'm going with it. If you're going to get any information about this, it's either going to be with no one noticing or with everyone noticing. I guess. <laughs> what What do you want to do? Or uh, uh, just skip that. Uh, breadcrumb trail and go off on different ones. All of it's fine. Do some of the other are you like are you monks or like part of the cultists? <laughs> no. <laughs> like, we run a clinic. <laughs> we run clinic. a clinic. It's a self-hurt, self-help kind of clinic. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. Okay, so, <laughs> so, so we, we teach like first aid Classes and um, okay, are like there help any deliver babies and 
Yeah. Okay. Oh, do you have the name of the the like, front? The no, I am working on that. Frankie's first aid. No. <laughs> No. Frankie's well, Gerda is, Gerda is the, cult the uh, head nurse right now. <laughs> okay. Or the cult leader. But it, it is like a walk-in clinic It's like a walk-in place. clinic. It's like okay. doctor's care. Okay. Well, would there be any of your members Cultists maybe working at the school? <laughs> no. Oh, okay. Cultists without borders. That is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> That's the actual name That's of the cult. But the front business. No. <laughs> okay, it so can't have no anything to do with Zorika, right? Can that, that can't be mentioned in the name, or yeah, uh, we, yeah, yeah we wouldn't do no. that. Okay. It would just be like a community. So, clinic. if somebody mentions Zorika, what what is that like? Oh, people get freaked out by that name, or how does that work? It'd be more of or like uh, I don't know what if you're talking it, yeah. about at all. What mm. does that mean? Okay. How about that, like people mentioning Mithra or something now. What? Who's that? What? Yeah. Um. I okay. forgot what you were asking. Uh, I I don't, the clinic, clinic doesn't have the, the, a name yet. It's the, okay. the clinic. Yeah, the school the has clinic. a name. Okay. I was asking about the yeah. members if they would yeah. if they were work, if they, if they would the possibly be in the school working or you know could there be you know a connection there? Oh, uh, you have cultists in the school. That's you know maybe yeah. maybe you know, undercover. Yeah, keep your member undercover in Iraq. What? What? You marry <laughs> Crickets. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. <laughs> that was nice. I like that. Um, he means Orica. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, I mean, yeah, she's going to have to have any mercy. Josh. So what's the name of the school? The prep school? Uh, Bloomfield Preparatory Academy. Wow. We should set it on fire. <laughs> You're going to tell like me a twice. It needs uh, to be burned. I mean, okay. The BPA. BPA. Um, so what do we what do we think? We've got a few minutes left in this episode. Do we want to just talk for? A, get, let's get our characters together at the um, at the stinky uh, salamander. Stinky salamander, and think of what the next steps actually are. Because now there are you know murmurings in the area about this guy who set the wagon on fire, and then this freak rainstorm, and. Um, the authorities being called to the blacksmith. And it seems like it settled down, but who knows what the hell happened. Yeah, we probably should regroup and figure yeah. out what we want to do. So let's have a couple-minute conversation. We could stake out Drummond, whether we watch the blacksmith or just follow him around, see what he does, who he interacts with. Or the school thing is like a quick, just like, hey, do you recognize this writing? Yeah or nay? Do you got a name? That's fast. I think. Um, I don't know. Would you want to work in conjunction with the authorities for that instead of one of you guys walking in? Propose to them. Well, I've already put a bad are? taste in their mouth, so well, I don't know if I can. Maybe not you. <laughs> yeah. But you might be able to work with the authorities and, and give them the information of what you're working on and see if they'll collaborate. Yeah. Do we trust the authorities? In a big well, town like this? I don't know. The Lenore's from here. Is there any reason to think that they're corrupt at this point? It is a big city, so right. there's always a chance. In, 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 general, general. in general, no. Yeah. All right. It's a well-run town, Been city. fairly stable. Yeah. But we're getting the vibe that this is... There's something going on, though. Well, all of the... I guess whoever's running this heist of, of stealing things, it's coming down from the wealthy, right? Because there's this note, high-quality paper, mm. well It may written. or may not come from the wealthy, but there's somebody who is well-educated in charge. That might right. be the way to put it. So if yeah. they're, you know, maybe higher up or whatever, I don't know. I'm a little, I'm a little weary of of the authorities. In this it's definitely a town. one percenter who wrote the note. <laughs> okay, I think All he right. can afford I, yeah. the parchment. Yeah, I think following. Although it was off the no- the out in the open shelf, so it's not <laughs> that pricey. <laughs> I think following Drummond is the most obvious. Yeah chance of reward at least to start i mean even if we follow him for a couple of days and we don't learn anything that tells us something okay yeah he could be on something that's not involved with you know yeah. some of this he could right. be but we can also, we can also split it. i mean lenora can handle the school you know maybe I was you, you, that or too. you and i can track drummond yeah i was you thinking fires in the corner yeah keep <laughs> all the attention on me while you guys you are know, doing your that's thing. an interesting idea right, yeah yeah 
You know. So the rest of the party investigates with impunity because he's setting fire to the town. <laughs> well, I mean, and he could be a distraction actually to Drummond to keep yeah. Drummond's attention yeah, while we were watching. You know, like, so he's if Drummond's spending all of his time avoiding this guy, he doesn't notice us as much. Right, exactly. Yeah. All tension's on me. I, for, I can foresee Uriel having a, met, a nemesis. Yeah, all right. That could happen. I yeah. also think. Uh, That's the danger that follows I also think that if we need to, we've got an option <laughs> so. to have Uriel. Uh, Threaten Parquet in a meaningful way mm. for oh gosh, for help or for information because Parquet could be a link to Parquet whoever. Parquet is also yeah. sitting in a bunch of flammable stuff that's incredibly oh, yeah. valuable. Yeah, he would yeah. tell me anything I wanted oh, to know. Seemed, probably he seems like the kind of person that would not resist uh, mm. torturing for yeah. very long. Well, yeah. I would just be intimidation. I wouldn't be no torture for that guy. It, to- it would be torture to think that his stuff yeah, is about to burn. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he's cool. probably got some answers. So I think we have some ideas of what we're going to do next when we pick up the next episode of A New Frontier on Adventures from the Shed. For now, though, we can wrap this one up and we can all say... Bye-bye. Adios. Bye. the planet. The preceding podcast was brought to you by One Joe Young. You can find us online at adventuresfromtheshed.com.